We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens, and they kept repeating to me over and over again, Simultv.com, Simultv.com. What's Simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a Simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about Simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, Sonny Boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, Sonny Boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Roswell in the 21st century is a detailed re-examination of the Roswell UFO crash case. I have studied the evidence for more than 30 years, and I now put that evidence under a microscope in a cold case examination of the facts. These facts might not please everyone. They are based on my comprehensive investigation that took years to complete, but they do lead to the conclusion that whatever fell was not built on Earth. The best of Project Blue Book is based on the 22-year-long investigation conducted by the Air Force. But the book goes far beyond that, bringing in evidence that was uncovered long after Project Blue Book was ordered terminated. Using facts that were unavailable to the Air Force investigators, I was able to prove that the Air Force manipulated the data and drew unrealistic conclusions about the UFO sightings reported to them. My different perspective shows there was more to Project Blue Book than even the Air Force knew. Both books are available at Amazon.com. Join Patty Conklin and Healing Within Radio each week. More than entertainment, Healing Within offers educational, useful tools for everyday life. Listen for help overcoming fear, anxiety, and depression. Patty knows about eliminating cancer, MS, dementia, Parkinson's, and a host of illnesses that we face every day. Life can be good. Life is good. All you need are simple tools to start changing your life. Start right now by visiting pattyconklin.com, P-A-T-T-I-C-O-N-K-L-I-N. No matter where you are in the world, you can work with Patty through Skype, phone, or in person, visiting one of her retreats in Georgia. Visit pattyconklin.com today or call our offices at 404-474-0086. That's pattyconklin.com or call 404 474 0086. 
Welcome everyone to Too Good to Be True. Thank you for taking the time to listen. The subject for today's show is more mysteries of the Kennedy assassination. Before we start getting into details, let's just briefly talk about psychic insight and how we apply it. We choose the subject and research it, and based on that research, we determine what we think needs to explain by creating a series of questions. Then Justina provides psychic insight to answer those questions. The psychic insight is narrated towards the end of the show. Accepting the psychic insight is a question of individual belief. Now let's go through the disclaimers. Here are the disclaimers. Neither of us claim to have any expertise in any subjects that we discuss. We relate information we find through research and the psychic insight. We are always delighted to hear from the listeners. The show only lasts an hour. We don't have the time to present exhaustive research on any topic. This means that there will be information that we miss. We want to provide a basis for the psychic insight. We don't care if a theory turns out too good to be true, as the show name suggests. We are only interested in finding out more of the truth about topics. Spirit can only relate insight that is appropriate for our time in history. Free will cannot be affected. Only comments that are appropriate for our time can be given through the psychic insight. Much of the subject matter in shows may have already been covered many times in other media. We want to look into subjects in a new, different way and be thought-provoking. We are not so good with pronouncing names, we apologize. And neither of us have any particular knowledge of history, conspiracies, crime scene investigations, or other subjects. If we have misstated anything, we apologize. This is, this is of course, a follow-up to our previous show on the mysteries of the Kennedy assassination, which left a few loose ends. With so much subject matter over the years, as we said, we've only scratched the surface. So which loose ends are you talking about? We didn't ask about the identity of the Umbrella Man, which we did for the Babushka lady. We mentioned that in 1978, Louis Stephen Witt came forward and claimed to be the Umbrella Man, but didn't take it any further. Also, there were apparently two shooters heard on the Dictabelt recording, while there were apparently four shooters that day firing six bullets in total, with Lee Harvey Oswald being one of them. We didn't follow up on Babushka. Babushka lady Beverly Oliver knowing Jack Ruby, who shot and killed Lee Harvey Oswald's apparent lookalike. This was close up with a revolver while Oswald was under police escort. That happened just two days after Kennedy was assassinated. On that day, Beverly Oliver may have created the perfect diversion by appearing to be Russian at the height of the Cold War. She was viewed in a very public place close to the motorcade. One murder led to another. But who is Jack Ruby, and why did he publicly assassinate the apparent Lee Harvey Oswald lookalike in plain sight? There were around 80 million television viewers watching it when it happened. Jack Ruby was a local nightclub owner and, according to Wikipedia, had been involved in criminal activities including illegal gambling, drugs and prostitution. He claimed that rage at Kennedy's murder was the motive for his action. He eventually died in jail in 1967, awaiting a new trial after his murder conviction was over was overturned. Interestingly, it had been reported they had no recollection of the shooting, perhaps indicating a scenario like the movie The Manchurian Candidate, which involved brainwashing an unknowing assassin. But we have jumped ahead beyond the immediate aftermath of the assassination. Yes, and we haven't discussed much about the three gunmen besides Oswald that were mentioned last time in the Psychic Insight. 
again, there were apparently a total of six gunshots with Oswald firing once. So who were the other gunmen and who were they working for? To start with, there is the mysterious figure of the badge man who Wikipedia describes, quote, badge man is given is a name given to an unknown figure that is reputedly visible within the famous Mary Mormon photograph of the assassination of United States President John F. Kennedy. Some researchers have theorized that this figure is a sniper firing a weapon at the president from the grassy knoll in Dealey Plaza. Even though an alleged muzzle flash obscures much of the detail, the badge man has been described as a person wearing some kind of police uniform. The moniker itself derives from a bright spot on the chest, which is said to resemble a gleaming badge, unquote. What is the famous Mary Mormon photograph? It's one of a series of pictures taken with a Polaroid camera by Dallas re resident Mary Mormon as the motorcade continued through Dealey Plaza. The picture was calculated to have been taken at the same time as the fatal headshot. One theory is that the badge man was actually a French national. If any of this is true, then the conspiracy was international. Can you say more about the identity of the badge man? A theory is that the badge man was Lucien Sarty, a French drug trafficker. Wikipedia explained how Sarty's name was included in one of the many books on the assassination. Quote, in November 1988, Stephen J. Revelle's French-published book, The Murders of the Murderers of John F. Kennedy, named Sarty as one of the three gangsters involved in the assassination of John F. Kennedy. Revelle claimed Sarty fired the fatal shot from Dealey Plaza's grassy knoll. According to Revelle, Sarty, Roger or Roger Bocanani and Sovir Peronti were contracted by organized crime in the United States to protect their drug interests. The British two-hour television special, The Men Who Killed Kennedy, was based on Revelle's book, but preceded its release airing on October the 25th, 1988. In the French newspaper Le Provençal, published the day following the special, Peronti denied the allegation, stating he believed at the time of the assassination, that Sarty was held in Marseille's Beaumont prison and that Bocanani was in Bordeaux's Fort Duha. He also showed the paper military records showing that he was serving on a minesweeper from October 1962 to April 1964. The French Ministry of Justice stated that Bocanani was in, was in prison on the day of Kennedy's assassination and officials for the French Navy confirmed Peronti's military service, unquote. So what is the next mystery? The three tramps. Who are the three tramps and what were they doing? There don't appear to be clear answers to those questions. Uh, the following is from Wikipedia, quote, The three tramps are three men photographed by several Dallas area newspapers under police escort near the Texas School Book Depository shortly after the assassination of United States President John F. Kennedy on November the 22nd, 1963. Since the mid-1960s, various allegations are made about the identities of the men and their involvement in a conspiracy to kill Kennedy, unquote. Apparently, they were found in a stationary freight train in a nearby rail yard. Were they arrested or charged with any offense? That takes some digging to answer. There was a lot of speculation over the years that the three were only disguised as vagrants 
and were part of the conspiracy and wouldn't, wouldn't have been arrested. The 22nd of November 1963 website includes the following, suggesting that they may have just been three tramps. Quote, one less important, but one but more widely publicized set of documents came to light early in 1992. The arrest records of the three tramps had been discovered in the rail yards behind Dealey Plaza. The records had been made at 4 p.m., about one and a half hours after the photographs were taken. They revealed that the identities of the men were in the order in which they appear in the photographs. John Forrester Gedney, age 38, of no fixed abode, the tallest of the three tramps. Harold Doyle, age 32, of Red Jacket, West Virginia. Gus W. Abrams, age 53, of no fixed abode, the tramp in the hat. Abrams had died in 1987, but Gedney and Doyle both confirmed that they had indeed been the men in the photographs. They had spent the previous night in a nearby homeless people's hostel where they had been able to wash and shave, unquote. I think if you were a tramp in disguise, you probably would have been unshaven to look the part. But converse, conversely, not looking like typical vagrants appears to be a reason why they are believed by some to be imposters. There doesn't seem to be any documentation that they were charged with any offences. It seems odd that it took almost 30 years for the arrest records to come to light. But moving on, what is the next mystery? The famous photograph of Lyndon Johnson standing with Jackie Kennedy to his left on being sworn in as president on board Air Force One. Congressman Albert Thomas is captured winkered, winking at Johnson, who has turned his head towards him with Jackie Kennedy looking forward with her, with her head tilted slightly downwards. This occurred only about two hours after Kennedy was pronounced dead. At the very least, this appeared to have been extremely disrespectful. Wikipedia quotes the Warren Commission report as follows, quote, From the presidential airplane, the new president telephoned Attorney General Robert F. Kennedy, who advised that Mr. Johnson take the presidential oath of office before the plane left Dallas. Federal Judge Sarah T. Hughes hastened to the plane to administer the oath. Members of the presidential and vice presidential parties filled the central compartment of the plane to witness the swearing in. At 2.38 p.m. Central Standard Time, Lyndon Baines Johnson took the oath of office as the 36th president of the United States. Mrs. Kennedy and Mrs. Johnson took it, stood at the side of the new president as he took the oath of office. Nine minutes later, the presidential airplane departed for Washington, D.C., unquote. We'll have to discuss who Congressman Albert Thomas was after this short break. And you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net.
Are you looking for psychic services that empower as well as provide accurate information? Jenny is a third generation psychic with extensive esoteric training. A practicing professional intuitive for over 30 years, her accuracy is astounding. While most psychics can read what will happen to you if you don't change directions, Jenny understands the future is subjective. While there is a river of time we all traverse, that river has many waves, eddies, currents, and tributaries from which to choose. With Jenny as your guide, you can explore the many possible outcomes in the river of time and navigate your course to the one of your liking. Take control of your future. Book your life-changing session with Jenny today at www.gen-e.net. That's www.gen-e.net. Mission Evolution is dedicated to the well-being of the planet and animals, as well as the evolution of humankind. One major factor threatening all three is increasing toxicity. Heavy metals and other environmental toxins are poisoning our bodies, deteriorating our brains, blocking our spiritual connection, and shortening our lives. Yet these poisons are extremely difficult to remove. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, and I recently became aware of a product created from the marriage of nature and nanotechnology called Vitality. Is formulated from zoolite, whose crystalline structure binds toxins, gently carrying them out of the body. The light is only as clear as the window through which it shines. Clear your body, shine your light into the world. Visit VitalityHappens.com for a 20% discount. Enter code PATHHOME. In the mid-1990s, I was approached by a young woman who believed she'd been abducted by alien creatures. In conversations, I began a journey that took me not into the world of interstellar travel, but back through time into past lives. Under hypnotic regression administered by a professional rather than describing abduction, Jenny, as she is called, begins to tell a tale of horror in 19th century London. Her unbelievable past life seems to connect with Jack the Ripper and other monsters of the past. Throughout the session, Jenny provides a rich detail of her past life that links some of the most horrific killers in history to one another. Using the resources of a university library in the pre-internet day, I was able to verify some of Jenny's claims. She has knowledge that wasn't readily available to a suburban housewife. Does this prove the reality of her tales? Conversations attempts to answer that and other provocative questions. Conversations is available at Amazon.com. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we were discussing the photograph of Lyndon Johnson apparently winking. And we are also mentioning Congressman Albert Thomas. Who was Congressman Albert Thomas? Wikipedia provides the information. Quote, Albert Richard Thomas, April 12, 1898 to February the 15th, 1966, was a Democratic member of the U.S. House of Representatives from Houston, Texas, for 29 years and was responsible for bringing the Johnson Space Center to Houston, unquote. He was a senior Democrat who in 1964 was named chairman of the House Democratic Caucus, meaning that he had the administrative, administrative leadership of his political party. So in the aftermath, Johnson gained the presidency and Albert Thomas attained a higher level of seniority in his party. 
The next mystery is rather strange. Yes, the mystery of Kennedy's casket. The following from 2012 is from the Future of Freedom website. Quote, after Kennedy was declared dead at Parkland Hospital in Dallas, his body was wrapped in sheets and placed in an, into an extremely expensive, heavy, ornate casket. The casket was taken from Parkland and delivered to Dallas Love Field, where it was placed into the back of Air Force One, the plane in which the new president, Lyndon Johnson, was now traveling. A few hours later, the plane, the plane landed at Andrews Air Force Base outside Washington, D.C., the casket was removed from the plane and placed into an automobile in which the deceased president's wife, Jacqueline, was riding. The automobile slowly made its way to Bethesda Naval Hospital. It arrived in the front of the hospital at 6.55 p.m. and the casket was officially carried into the morgue at 8 p.m. after another unofficial secret entry into the morgue at 7.17 p.m. In the meantime, Mrs. Kennedy was escorted into the hospital to a VIP waiting lounge. There was one big problem, however, one that Mrs. Kennedy was unaware of. The expensive, heavy, ornate casket, which she thought that contained the body of her husband, didn't. Unbeknownst to her, her husband's body had, been sec had secretly been removed from the Parkland casket and placed into a body bag and a cheap shipping casket, similar to those used by the U.S. military in the Vietnam War. Unquote. Wouldn't an empty casket arriving at the morgue be a problem? Unless there was a conspiracy in a situation the morgue was being controlled. Here's more from the Future of Freedom website. Quote, The cheap shipping casket with the president's body inside it was secretly placed into a black hearse containing a team of men in suits who secretly transported the casket to the back of the Bethesda facility where the morgue was located. A waiting team of soldiers carried the cheap shipping casket with the president's body in it into the morgue at 6.35 p.m., even while Mrs. Kennedy was still slowly traveling from Andrews Air Force Base to the Bethesda facilities under the assumption, erroneous as it was, that her husband's body was still inside the expensive, heavy, ornate casket that was riding in the back of her car. How do we know this happened? because it was witnessed by several Navy and Marine enlisted men who were there and saw it happen. Moreover, their eyewitness accounts are buttressed by two documents that were discovered in the 1990s by the Assassination Records Review Board, the agency that had, created in the, that had been created in the wake of the storm over government secrecy in the Kennedy assassination produced by Oliver Stone's 1991 movie JFK. The first document was a written report of the funeral home that handled the embalming of the president's body. It contained the following notation. Body removed from metal shipping casket at NSNH at Bethesda. The second document was an official military report, report filed four days after the assassination by Marine Sergeant Roger Boyajian, which stated in part, the detail arrived at the hospital at approximately 1800, 6 p.m., and after reporting as ordered, several members of the detail were posted at entrances to prevent unauthorized persons from entering the prescribed area. At approximately 18.35, 6.35 p.m., the casket was received at the morgue entrance and taken inside. Unquote. None of that seems to make sense. Why would they ship an empty or neat casket? Remember Officer J.D. Tippett? He was a Kennedy lookalike. 
There are theories that his body was needed to help modify Kennedy's injuries to make it look like he was shot from the back, consistent with also being the lone gunman. Part of that theory would be that both Tippett's and Kennedy's bodies were flown to Washington, D.C. on Air Force One. The explanation is that the Secret Service, the, sorry, the official explanation is that the Secret Service chose the Washington, D.C. area with Jacqueline Kennedy choosing Bethesda as her husband was a former naval officer. But I'm not sure why the autopsy was not conducted in Dallas, where the crime was committed, but it does raise suspicion. I don't think the legalities are clear on the autopsy not being conducted in Texas. There is the largest mystery of them all remaining. Why was Kennedy assassinated? There must have been a reason for the elaborate planning and the alleged cover-up. Yes, what was the motive? Was it the result of the Bay of Pigs, the Cuban Missile Crisis, or was it Kennedy planning to prevent foreign flag shipping from being exempt from American income taxes? It could have been for an entirely different reason. We could be completely off track. There are numerous theories, including preventing disclosure of UFOs as well as the Vatican being involved, possibly because Kennedy had put his Catholic religion to the side when running for president. Why don't you start with the Bay of Pigs? That was a failed attempt to invade Cuba and overthrow Soviet-backed dictator Fidel Castro, who had gained power in 1959. The U.S.-backed force of Cuban immigrants landed on the Cuban coast an inlet co- uh, at an inlet called the Bay of Pigs. Long story short, Castro was wise to the operation, with Kennedy cancelling a second airstrike, ending the operation, with Castro rounding up the invasion force. Kennedy didn't want the U.S. involved and only went ahead with a long-established plot, as long as it, was, as long as it, it appeared that the U.S. weren't involved. Why would anyone want Kennedy dead for a failed invasion attempt? Revenge. Before Castro, American tourists visited luxury hotels, beaches and casinos, especially in the capital Havana. Business interests were effective. Powerful people had lost a lot of money. What happened during the Cuban Missile Crisis? The world was on the brink of nuclear war. The United States discovered the missiles in July of 1962 located in Cuba, only 90 miles off the U.S. coast. How did Kennedy avoid the nuclear war? He averted war by direct negotiation with Soviet Premier Nikita Khrushchev. Apparently, after the crisis that ended in October of 1962, Kennedy kept in direct contact with Khrushchev. This was in order to avoid going to the brink of nuclear war again. The theory behind the motive is that Kennedy had to be silenced as certain interests did not want uncontrolled dialogue with the Soviet Union. The next theory about taxation seems a little odd. Yes, but if large amounts of money were involved, who knows? Kennedy apparently was going to to tax shipping with foreign country registrations, which apparently would have cost some very rich shipping owners a lot of money. For a clear motive, why don't you look at what changed in the world after the Kennedy assassination? The plot of the 1991 movie JFK is centered around Kennedy wanting to de-escalate the situation in Vietnam, while Vice President Lyndon B. Johnson wanted war. It was war by another name. It was called an armed conflict because war was never declared. So the big change in the world after the assassination was the escalation of of the Vietnam War. How long after the assassination did the Vietnam War escalate? 
The Gulf of Tonkin incident, which many believe was a false flag, occurred in August of 1964, less than a year after Johnson was in office as president. This sparked greater engagement in Vietnam by, by the United States and is thought of as the starting point of the Vietnam War, war in terms of large-scale combat. What was the Gulf of Tonkin incident and what is a false flag? A U.S. Navy destroyer was supposed to have been attacked by three North Vietnamese torpedo boats, with this being a reason to retaliate. The truth is believed to be, by many, to be that the destroyer did the attacking and that the official account was a bunch of lies. So that describes a false flag, a military operation solely intended to deceive. So, in a nutshell, Kennedy perhaps was in the way of a war and was gotten rid of. But who actually wants a war? No same person, I would suspect. Maybe Kennedy was one of the first casualties of a war that killed between 1.3 and 3.9 million military and civilians, according to different estimates. Going back to the alleged cover-up, what happened to the witnesses? That is probably the subject of another show, but we do have time to discuss the mysterious death of a high-profile investigator, Dorothy Kilgallen. At the time of her reported suicide, she was famous and a household name. Wikipedia provides a bio. Quote, Dorothy May Kilgallen, July the 3rd, 1913 to November the 8th, 1965, was an American journalist and television game show panelist. After spending two semesters at the College of New Rochelle, she started her career shortly before her 18th birthday as a reporter for the Hearst Corporation's New York Evening Journal. In 1938, she began her newspaper column, The Voice of Broadway, which eventually was syndicated to more than 140 papers. In 1950, she became a regular panelist on the television game show, What's My Line?, continuing in the role until her death, unquote. We'll have to continue discussing Dorothy after this short break. And you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. your life change if you could develop from world conflicts to falling financial markets natural disasters and more wish the headlines would just stop it's not a news flash that life can feel like a pressure cooker from managing work to building relationships it's easy to feel overwhelmed and for many of us anxiety and stress are constant companions but you are not alone support is out there just waiting to meet you and you can find it through friendly people at churchescare.com At churchescare.com, we know that finding your community can feel intimidating. That's why we do the heavy lifting for you. Churchescare.com helps connect people like you to churches that can support and serve you. 
In your new community, you'll find a group of people ready to talk, listen, and help you navigate life through its twists and turns. All you have to do is come as you are. If you're ready to find your community, visit churchescare.com today. That's C-H-U-R-C-H-E-S care.com. We look forward to serving you. Develop the business and personal skills that you need in order to make more money. Do you want to learn how to achieve your big life goals faster? Then go to findhiddenmoney.com and get the Goal For It online course. The course teaches you how you can set and achieve your biggest goals while completely overcoming the roadblocks to your goals so that you can realize your dreams and imagine more success. Go to findhiddenmoney.com. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar's sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide audience if you have seen a ufo had a close encounter seen a ghost bigfoot lake monster or a story that you would like to share or have investigated contact me rob mcconnell by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll free 1-800-610-7035 extension 143 and on skype xzone radio tv for more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, always remember Exxon Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Memorable dynamic presentations are a not-so-secret weapon in the business world. Do you have a powerful message that must be shared, but you haven't found a way to deliver that message? Do you want to be known as a top public speaker who gets amazing results? Are you ready to create and deliver your powerful message? Thomas Hides can help you create and deliver your speech to get the results you desire. Visit IconQuality.com. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we were discussing Dorothy Kilgan's invest er, appearance suicide. Um, what was so mysterious about her apparent suicide? The flagpole website provides a summary of Kilgallen's investigation, which provides a reason to silence her. Quote, 
after Kilgallen announced that she was gathering evidence to expose the conspirators behind the assassination, she came under FBI surveillance and her phones were wiretapped. Both the FBI and CIA kept secret files on Kilgallen in part on account of her interest in the GFK assassination. In the weeks preceding her death, Kilgallen received death threats and was fearful for her life. In connection with her investigation of the JFK assassination, Kilgallen and Kampard kept kept careful watch on and sometimes carried around with her a thick folder of documents relating to the assassination. She refused to allow anyone to look at the contents of the folder, but did tell friends that if the wrong people knew what I know, it would cost me my life. After her death, this photo was never seen again, unquote. Kilgallen had been able to interview Jack Ruby in private in jail during his trial, but the content of the discussion has never been made public. Did Kilgallen's death look like a suicide? Not really, according to several accounts. We don't have time for all the details, but she was found dead in her home in a bedroom she never used, with her death looking staged. Her official cause of death was acute ethanol, alcohol and prescription barbiturate intoxication. She wasn't a heavy drinker and wasn't prescribed the type of drug that killed her. Kilgallen's daughter said that on the morning of her mother's death, men in suits raided her mother's home and confiscated all all of her notes. Apparently, Kilgallen gave her friend and well-known personality and reporter, Florence Bridget Smith, a copy of her notes. Smith officially committed suicide the day after Kilgallen was found dead, along with a similar cause of death. The copy of Kilgallen's notes had disappeared. Both causes of death were apparently similar to that of Kennedy's former lover, Marilyn Monroe's, in August of 1962. Well, it's time for the first question. Was the Umbrella Man actually Louis Stephen Witt, who came forward in 1978, claiming to be him? No. Can you say anything about who was the Umbrella Man? Someone who was not well-known, who could not come forward. So someone who wanted to do nothing with the spotlight. Why did Louis Stephen Witt come forward and pretend he was the Umbrella Man? For some attention. So he wanted the attention becoming the Umbrella Man would bring. Why were there apparently two shooters heard on the Dick to Belt recording while there were apparently four shooters that day firing six bullets in total? Some of the shooters didn't say much, so they wouldn't have been recorded. So for the most part, the shooter's job was to get in there, fire their shots, and get out as soon as possible. In the last show, we said that the Dick to Belt recording indicated two shooters, while later in the episode, we said that there were four. I just wanted to be clear on that. There were four total, so it's predicted that there may be two, but there's actually four total. But only two were heard on the Dicta Belt recording. Correct. Was the Babushka lady and Jack Ruby knowing each other part of the conspiracy or just a coincidence? You could say it was part of the conspiracy, but there wasn't much discussion before the incident. So part of it was just coincidence. Was the babushka lady's appearance deliberately chosen to be conspicuous, especially at the height of the Cold War? Yes. Why was it necessary to assassinate a person who everyone believed to have been Lee Harvey Oswald? To make a point. So to make a point that assassination would not be tolerated and make a very public statement about if you do a crime, you will be punished. 
Did Oswald's wife, Marina, know the true identity of Ruby's victim, or was she led to believe she was a widow? She was led to believe she was a widow. So Lee Harvey also knew he was going to abandon his wife? Yes. Did, did Jack Ruby truly have no recollection of the shooting of Lee Harvey Oswald? Yes. Was Jack Ruby a brainwashed, unknowing assassin in the manner of the Manchurian candidate? He was involved, that can be said. So did Jack Ruby know what he was doing when he shot Oswald? Again, yes, that was possible. Why was Jack Ruby chosen as a shooter? Basically just finding someone easy, so there weren't specific qualities, just someone who could easily be identified. The shooting of Oswald's lookalike was in public, so part of the plan was to deliberately include someone who was easily identifiable. Correct, yes. At the time of the assassination, was there an unknown figure called the Badge Man on the grassy knoll in Dealey Plaza? That could be sad, yes. Was the Badge Man wearing some kind of police uniform with a badge on the chest? Yes. Was the Badge Man a French national? Yes. Was the badge man's identity Lucien Sarti, a French drug trafficker? Yes. Was the fatal shot fired by Sarti from the grassy knoll? It's hard to say which shot was the last one, but if you're counting by seconds, then yes. Were Sarti's two colleagues, Roger or Roger Boccanini and Sovier Peronti, also located on the grassy knoll? Yes. Were other shooters located in the storm drain on the north side of Dealey Plaza? There were multiple, yes. How many shots did the three on the grassy knoll fire? They shot two shots total. Did one of them fire the magic or single bullet? Yes. What made Lucien Sarti, Roger Bocanini and Sovier Peronti participate in the assassination? Was it money, fear of their lives, or fear of the lives of family members? It was simple. It was about money. With Oswald and the three on the grassy knoll, Sarti, Bocananini, and Peronti, with the unnamed others, that would total more than four gunmen. How was that? So in total, there were those three counting as one, since only one was shooting. So those were two others, not counting those three. So to make it more simplified, basically, of those three, only one of them was shooting, even though the three were grouped together. Were the three tramps, John Forrest, Forrester, Gedney, Howard Doyle, and Gus, Gus W. Abrahams? That could be said. What were they doing that day near Dealey Plaza? Basically, they had a plan, and they were curious to see how the events would unfold. So they had an inkling something bad was about to happen. Why did it take so long for their identities to come to life? It was just difficult to identify them, so it was just a long process to try and find them. But they had nothing to do with the conspiracy? No, they had nothing to do with it. As President Johnson was being sworn in on Air Force One at such a somber moment, why is Congressman Albert Thomas captured the photograph winking at Johnson? Basically, he was just being inappropriate. So there was nothing really going on behind the scenes. He just made an inappropriate gesture. Did Johnson or Thomas know about the conspiracy or were they active in it? No. 
So President Johnson in particular didn't know about the conspiracy? He had no idea, no. Did two caskets arrived at Bethesda Naval Hospital, an ornate one arriving unofficially at 7.17 p.m. and then again officially at 8 p.m. with a cheap shipping casket having arrived earlier at 6.35 p.m.? Yes. Which bodies were in which casket? Basically, the cheap shipping casket was first used by the body of the president. Then later it was switched to the other casket. Whose body was in the other casket? A person they found nearby, so an unidentified body at the time. So unfortunately, it was a human mistake where the bodies weren't identified properly. So two bodies arrived at Bethesda. So two bodies arriving at Bethesda was an accident. Yes, a hundred percent. So the two bodies at Bethesda had nothing to do with a murder officially blamed on Oswald of policeman J.D. Tippett. No. So the other body wasn't used for the autopsy to make Kennedy's wounds appear to have been created by gunshots from the rear where Oswald was located. There is a lot of information falsified in the autopsy, yes, but it wasn't based on an actual body, no. It was just a shipping error, you could say, and some people even thought they were funny shipping the two bodies. Why did the overall cover-up need to be so elaborate? So people would uncover parts of it, not the full story. So it was something where if conspiracies were to happen, then they could cover up as much as possible. So it was just a straightforward plan. Then they were worried someone would guess it. Why is there not a clear motive for the assassination? Was it because several different interests would gain by Kennedy's death? Yes, that's 100% true. And again, there is this ultimate goal for a lot of people for money. Was Fidel Castro involved to revenge the Bay of Pigs? Directly, no. Did individuals or groups who had lost business interest following the Cuban Revolution want revenge for the failure of the Bay of Pigs with Kennedy calling off the second airstrike? They did want revenge, but the assassination was not part of their plan. Following the Cuban Missile Crisis, did some individuals or groups want to kill Kennedy to stop his direct dialogue with Soviet Premier Khrushchev? Yes, they did. Don't think we got time for another question before the break. Yes, we'll continue with the questions and psychic insight after the short break. And you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. to me over and over again simultv.com simultv.com what's simultv.com that's what i asked them they had it written on the side of their ufo how do you spell that ufo no i mean simultv.com 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 right 
SIMULTV.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a SIMULTV.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about SIMULTV.com. She even spelled it out for me. SIMULTV.com, Sonny Boy. SIMULTV.com. SIMULTV.com, Sonny Boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about SIMULTV.com. SIMULTV.com. In the mid-1990s, I was approached by a young woman who believed she'd been abducted by alien creatures. In conversations, I began a journey that took me not into the world of interstellar travel, but back through time into past lives. Under hypnotic regression administered by a professional rather than describing abduction, Jenny, as she is called, begins to tell a tale of horror in 19th century London. Her unbelievable past life seems to connect with Jack the Ripper and other monsters of the past. Throughout the session, Jenny provides a rich detail of her past lives that links some of the most horrific killers in history to one another. Using the resources of a university library in the pre-internet's day, I was able to verify some of Jenny's claims. She has knowledge that wasn't readily available to a suburban housewife. Does this prove the reality of her tales? Conversations attempts to answer that and other provocative questions. Conversations is available at Amazon.com. Mission Evolution is dedicated to the well-being of the planet and animals, as well as the evolution of humankind. One major factor threatening all three is increasing toxicity. Heavy metals and other environmental toxins are poisoning our bodies, deteriorating our brains, blocking our spiritual connection, and shortening our lives. Yet these poisons are extremely difficult to remove. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, and I recently became aware of a product created from the marriage of nature and nanotechnology called Vitality is formulated from zoolite whose crystalline structure binds toxins, gently carrying them out of the body. The light is only as clear as the window through which it shines. Clear your body, shine your light into the world. Visit VitalityHappens.com for a 20% discount. Enter code PATHHOME. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we are going through the questions and psychic insight about more mysteries of the JFK assassination. Dad, can you please continue with the questions? Did Fidel Castro want revenge for the Soviet Union removing nuclear missiles from Cuba? Yes, he did want revenge. But we have already heard that Castro was not involved directly. No, he was not directly involved. Was Kennedy about to stop the exemption of United States taxation of foreign flag shipping that would have caused foreign shipping owners to pay millions more in taxes? That was a discussion that was taking place, yes. Were shipping owners who were about to lose a lot of money involved in the conspiracy? No, they were basically planning their own way so that Kennedy would not become president again. But this was not the assassination. Did Kennedy's assassination have anything to do with the Vatican, perhaps objecting to him having distanced himself away from his Catholic religion in order to get elected? There was an involvement, yes, but not something that all Vatican members were aware of. So there were members that knew about the plan. 
Was prevention of disclosure of extraterrestrial craft or UFOs a motive? No, not at all. At that point, UFOs were becoming a little bit more common, and Kennedy was actually willing to discuss the UFOs. But it was not something anyone was really stopping him from. He just wanted a, a positive image to the public still. Did several or many people lose their lives because they were witnesses and were thought to have known too much? There were some people, yes, that knew too much or guessed too much, yes. Were they killed because of it? By different parties, yes. Was the Gulf of Tonkin incident a false flag initiated by the United States? That could be so. Was the purpose behind the Gulf of Tonkin incident to escalate conflict in Vietnam into a war? That was one of the intentions, yes. Was Kennedy in the way of a war in Vietnam, and for that reason he was murdered in public? Not completely, no. But the public perception was important, where it was showing that anyone could be assassinated at any time. How many people were killed as a result of the Vietnam War? Was it as many as 3.9 million? Yes. So it was that many? Yes, it was. What was the objective behind the Vietnam War and who gained from it? Basically, a lot of world powers gained from it. So the objective was not only to show their power, but also gain their power back in a way. So it was to show that the world powers would do what was what they needed to do and what they were willing to send troops and show their armed forces as well. Was it the fight against communism or was there more to it? There was more to it than just that. So it was a good show, you could say, for political powers and they were against communism, but it was more selfish reasons as well. What can you say about the reason to kill the president? What was the overwhelming motive? The overwhelming motive, again, was money. So to exchange money, and you could also say the motive for a few select people, was to change the political forces at play. So to make the point that politicians were not safe. In other words, even the president of the United States even if the United even if the President of the United States doesn't do what he's told, he might suffer for it. Correct. I'm wondering how many people could make money out of Kennedy's death. Was it all about war with money being for arms and supplies? Yes, 100%. And also that some people had more personal interest than Kennedy were willing to pay a large sum of money for his death. So people also made it in these, you could call it, bounties on Kennedy. Why did Dorothy Q. Gallen start to gather evidence to expose conspirators behind the assassination? She was very interested in it, so it was just kind of a hobby to her. Was Kilgallen under FBI surveillance and were her phones wiretapped? She was of interest, yes. Did both the FBI and CIA keep secret files of Kilgallen in part on account of her interest in the JFK assassination? Yes, but it should also be noted that especially in these times, these days, that everyone has their information on file. So even back then, it was very hard to disappear or not have information known. What was the reason or other reasons why secret files were kept on her? Basically, just to make sure she wasn't looking into any subjects in such detail. So basically, to make sure she didn't know too much. Who was behind the death threats Kilgallen received during the weeks up until her death? Those are actually public people. So those were from people not wanting her going after conspiracy theories. 
During that time, why did she continue her investigation when she feared for her life? She thought the investigation was that important and that it was more important than her own life. What was in the folder that Kilgallen sometimes carried around with her while continuing her investigation and, cl and claiming that the content could lose her life? She was very smart, so the contents were actually nothing. So if someone actually got hold of the folder, it was almost a prank to them, or she was smarter than keeping information there. So her information was somewhere else? Correct. Is that information still available to be found? Yes, some of it. What was Kilgallen able to learn from her private interview with Jack Ruby? Basically, some confidential information. So details about the shooting that were not released directly to the public. And also about the multiple shooter theory. Some more information about the so-called proof about the multiple shooters. And also some information about the money that did exchange hands. Who was responsible for Kilgallen's murder? In our case, unfortunately, it was someone from the public. So it was not related to FBI, CIA, or government forces. It was unfortunately related to somebody who didn't like that she was doubting the official government reports. Why were the circumstances of her alleged suicide not a reason for public skepticism? Or was the press controlled in what they reported? Yes and no. Again, it's very hard to prove that something is a homicide. So there needs to be enough evidence. So in her case, it was difficult in many ways to prove that she was murdered. And sometimes it's easier for different departments to just write something off as a suicide. Who were the men in suits witnessed by her daughter who raided Kilgallen's home, confiscating all of her notes? Those were related to a government force. Did Kilgallen give her friend Florence Pritchett Smith a copy of her notes? No. Was Pritchett Smith's alleged suicide the day after Kilgallen's death actually murder? No. Was Florence Pritchett Smith's suicide due to losing her friend Dorothy Kilgallen? Yes, and losing other loved ones around the same time. Was Kennedy's former lover Marilyn Monroe murdered? That can be said, yes. With the similarities in the alleged suicides of Dorothy Kilgallen and of Marilyn Monroe, were they murdered by the same organisation or organisations? A related one, yes, but not the same exact ones, but related ones. Will the truth ever come out? It's hard again to convince people of certain beliefs. There needs to be physical evidence, so without proof that anything was a homicide, these will always be ruled as suicides. So there needs to be these rules in place so something can be ruled as a homicide. But again, not every scenario provides all the proof that's needed. When conspiracy theories are brought up, when the official explanation doesn't seem to ring true, what can people do to protect themselves when investigating those theories? So number one, it's very important to be outspoken but not make assumptions. So providing the physical proof, the interviews, the documents, etc., and showing where this information came from. And if you do have theories, make sure you state that these are theories, just theories, not facts. And on top of always follow safe precautions. So not releasing too much personal information, making sure if you do your research, these different so-called conspiracy theories to try to limit your public information so that other people aren't able to find out where you are when you are getting this research or even information such as your home address. So especially in times like today, 
making sure that you are very limited with your private information. That was the last answer. Are the explanations we have heard for some of the mysteries surrounding the Kennedy assassination too good to be true? That depends on what you are prepared to believe. Again, I guess the biggest thrill for me and for this show is being surprised and uh, the two coffins arriving at Bethesda, that was just a, just a mistake. Um, somebody did something wrong and it just happened that uh, the two, two coffins were delivered and it was just something weird. So uh, I guess the lesson is don't overthink things. But I think the other lesson here to take away is that there's lots of conspiracy theories out there, um, even about recent cases. And we even see that with the homicide versus suicide with these certain deaths. But the biggest takeaway here is be really careful on the Internet. Um, people already have your information in a lot of cases. Your information is really easy to get. So just be really careful about what information you're putting out there, who you share it about, and even putting your opinions. Just be very careful in general. I think there was a lot of people that believed that uh, Lyndon B. Johnson was part of the conspiracy. There's been deathbed com confessions from people claiming that he had a party and things like that. So that was, again, another surprise. Uh, I think there was a lot out there saying that Johnson was involved. Well, I just want to take a moment here and just say that we are sending positive thoughts and prayers to everyone affected by the current pandemic that we're all going through. And we're just hoping everyone's safe, everyone's staying at home, and everyone's quarantine is going well. And you can always reach us at our Facebook page at Too Good To Be True with the first two spelled T-W-O or our Instagram page at T-W-O-G-T-B-T. We would love suggestions and we look forward to next week's show. Thank you.